Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Ellsworth's specialty is family medicine. He works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Ellsworth. Good morning, Laura. Thanks for being here this morning. He just walked in the door. Yeah, it was it was kind of run to the car, run in, and it's, I was in in with a patient. But yes. uh, I want to give them my full attention too. So doing all the things. Thanks yeah. for doing all the things. That's good. <laughs> That's good. And also joining us today is physician assistant stu- student Emily Allen. Emily, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Emily. Um, I'm a PA student uh, from USD. Um, You still live in Brookings, so it's nice to be back. Excellent. Very good. So where are you at in your training, Emily? Um, So I just completed my first year, which is all classroom work, and then now I'm just starting my first year of clinical rotations. Okay, and so how long are you with Dr. Ellsworth here? Five weeks. Five weeks, Mm -hmm. okay. And where are you at in that now? I don't even Um, know. We are on the fourth week. Okay, all right. So you've been around a few weeks, seen some things happening here in Brookings. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, did you say? Did you say this is your first rotation then? Yep, this yeah, this is the first one. Okay, so tell me about that experience. How does that change after you've been kind of in the classroom a lot? Now you get to be out seeing things. It's it's so nice to just like do more hands-on stuff. Like just to see what I learned in action is really nice. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, this does have useful knowledge right, yeah. for me. <laughs> all those all those hours in the classroom. And so you're from Brookings. I'm um, actually originally from Brandon, and then okay. I came to SDSU for undergrad and then stayed a couple years after to work. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And now you, you've been in Vermilion. Did you, did you live in Vermilion, or did you kind of commute down there for that? Yeah, okay. I, we ended up moving there. Yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yes, thank you. I got to know Emily some before when she worked here because she worked at Advance. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so I wouldn't mind hearing from her about that. And if that experience was a factor in her deciding to further education to become a, a PA, physician assistant. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, so I worked at Advance for about two years after graduating from SDSU. And for those of us not and, familiar with Advance, yeah. tell us about that. So Advance um, is... Um, local to Brookings. It's kind of like Lifescape in Sioux Falls, uh, but we offer services to adults with disabilities. So I started there just working at one of the houses, um, but I knew I wanted to do more of like the medical side. So then when um, a position came open for medical services, then I switched over to that position. So I was kind of running around all over town, taking everyone to their medical appointments. Um, But yeah, I think that that experience really did shape me wanting to continue to pursue PA. Okay. I did work as a patient care tech before also, and that was good experience, but just to like really develop those relationships at advance really solidified that I wanted to go further with PA. Yeah. And so in that role, what was the title of that, your medical role? Medical is? services. Medical assistant. services. So mm-hmm. you helped all of those 
the um, clients there, get to mm-hmm. medical appointments, and yep. kind of help help manage some yeah, of their... Yeah, try to, try to organize between, you know, like dental appointments, eye appointments, physicals, and then try to make sure their medications were working for them, and just overall that they were meeting their health goals also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you got a lot of exposure to a lot yeah. of different fields yeah. of medicine mm-hmm. and the ways different people practice medicine and all right. of that. So you're, um, how much left uh, for your education now before um, you graduate? About another year. So I'll graduate okay. um, August 2024. Okay. All right. And I'm not familiar. Do you have to kind of pick a specialty or anything like that? Or, um, not, not, or is that not how that not works? Not necessarily. Because, okay. um, yeah, you could go into really any specialty it's just more if you have gotten that experience with your rotation so like if I didn't pick one as a rotation then it would probably be harder to get a job Mm -hmm. in that specific specialty okay but yeah there's there's a lot of options yeah there's a lot of on-the-job training yeah 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 excellent very good well thank you for being here with us today and glad you get to be in Brookings for a few weeks and uh We're happy to have you on the radio show this morning as well. Thank you for having me. We're going to take a moment to go to our first break and give our listeners an opportunity to call in with your questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. The grass is growing and that means it's time to mow. Please remember these safety measures to protect your health. Wear goggles, hearing protection, gloves, and long pants. Always wear sturdy closed-toed shoes while mowing the lawn. Do not drink alcohol or use other substances before or while using your lawnmower. Do not remove safety devices or guards on the mower and never insert hands or feet into the mower to remove grass or debris. Parents, teach these safety measures to your children. This safety tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to answer our medical questions. We are also joined this morning by PA student Emily Allen. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. This week, we kick off the 22nd television season of On Call with the Prairie Doc on SDPB television. So it's an exciting time in the Prairie Doc world as we kind of follow that academic calendar because we have a lot of um, SDSU students involved in the production of that show as well. And so we're looking forward to getting that started this week. What can we look forward to, Dr. Ellsworth? Well, our first show will be an Ask Anything show tomorrow on Thursday, and that's live. And so people can call in their questions or email their questions or uh, get, leave a comment with their questions on Facebook. And you can do that ahead of time of the show, too. And then, and then we'll have them all queued up there uh, to, to talk about. Um, and so it'll be the four Prairie Docs there on that first show. Um, so Dr. Jill Cruz and Dr. Kelly Evans-Hollinger and Dr. Deb Johnston and myself. And that's always, I, 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 that's a fun, fun show. We've done that the last couple of years now to start the year, and, and that's been a nice way to get things going. Um, you know, of course, Ask Anything, the show could go in any ways, many ways. Um, 
my essay this week was a little bit about change in medicine mm -hmm. and seeing how things change. And of course, just in my uh, 10, 15 years, I guess, really in medicine, how um, I've seen a lot of changes too. Mm -hmm. And that's only not that long of a time span. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking back to um, a canoe trip I did this summer with the Boy Scouts. We had 15 boys and six adults in 10 canoes in the Missouri in Montana. In the upper Missouri River Breaks National Monument. And we uh, tented seven nights in seven different locations. So we got good about <laughs> putting up and taking down our tents. Yes. And it was super hot, so we could jump in the river when we needed to. And we had need to haul all our own water. And so that was over 140 gallons of water, fifty over 50 pounds per canoe. And even then we had to kind of ration it because it was hot. Yeah, so drinking um, more water than normal. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, people take water out of the Missouri, you got to really filter it. And if you've just got a portable filter, you're going to ruin that filter pretty quickly uh, with the Missouri River water. Sure, <laughs> yes. And we also haul our own uh, excrement, too. So they don't like people digging a hole. And uh, and there's a few bath uh, pit toilets on the way, but uh, those aren't always readily available either. So... Um, so we had our bucket. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, the, uh, it was, I learned a lot about the Lewis and Clark journey with mm -hmm. that trip and reading about them and, and seeing that we'd be by some of their campsites and just thinking about medicine back then too. And how at their time they were still doing bloodletting and they were, they took a, uh, 600 pills with them of Russia's thunderclaps uh, <laughs> that you can imagine what that did. It was a purgative and basically, you know, if nothing else it helped with constipation. Sure. But it, they, they used it for anything. Anytime they didn't feel well, they took one of those. Just this magic little pill they this had, magic, huh? And it had mercury in it. Yeah. So of course they had mercury poisoning and, and everything. But uh, it might have helped some with some of their venereal disease, um, perhaps, or syphilis. But the changes in medicine, um, the progress we've made to know that, yeah, you know, maybe bloodletting or or a purgative doesn't solve everything. Sure. Um, uh, imaging and how endovascular repair, how we can go in and through a groin or whatever, just some little vessel and go all the way up into the heart to put in a, a stent or to put in a new valve mm -hmm. or to go in the brain and take out a clot. Whereas, you know, not that 10, 15 years ago, we just could only give them a blood thinner and hope it dissolves on its own. And, and now they can have a severe stroke and sometimes walk out of the hospital the next day because the clot wasn't there long enough to cause much damage and, and they just removed it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, it really is amazing and remarkable. Um, let alone medications and advances in diabetes, not just insulin, which was amazing too, but uh, all the newer diabetes drugs and, and how they work and um, cancer treatments and surgical treatments and robotic surgery advances and minimally invasive surgical advances. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's the great thing about having these television shows and this radio program and these essays is as you're saying, medicine is always changing and evolving. And 
it's great to get the latest information out there, the latest science that we have out there so people can know what options are available and what things they can be doing to help stay healthy and treat those things that come up. So it's always wonderful to hear from all these different experts who spend all their time learning about a very specific um, thing and researching the latest technologies and and sometimes developing some of the latest technologies. And then they come volunteer their time to share that on these shows. But the nice thing is our show, you know, we're not motivated to sell the people these surgeries or these medications. And we can also uh, promote healthy diet and exercise. Right. Mm-hmm. Based on science, built on trust, right? Yeah, that's good. Speaking of preventative care, uh, personally, I've been looking at my calendar quite a bit lately, working on all the fall activities, putting the kids' various activities in, putting those SDSU Jackrabbit football games on the calendar. All the things are getting on the calendar right now as we're in a change of season. Uh, I wanted to talk about the importance of getting our preventative care appointments on our calendars. Yeah, I appreciate you working on our family calendar, Laura. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably just wing it day to day otherwise. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's a good reminder, good time of year to, to get that primary care visit on your schedule. And yeah, you know, with some of the practices, you might need to wait a few months anyway. So mm-hmm. make that call and get that on the calendar. Um, every visit, there's something that comes up that's so glad we found, that we covered, that we talked about. Um, and sometimes, you know, we often can cover other things that come up during the visit or that's kind of a newer problem. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes it's nice for those to have their own appointment if needed. But, um, you know, from various cancer screenings and immunizations, and the immunizations are changing too. New, new recommendations sometimes with those. Um, and the um, just, you know, your blood pressure checks and making sure we're staying up on that because that's so important to decrease the risk of heart attack and stroke and dementia and uh, all, all kinds of issues. Um, and diabetes screening and the list goes on and on and and thankfully we can get through a lot of that fairly quickly sometimes so you know if if we're behind on a lot of that it might take some time but Mm -hmm. um, it it uh, really can make a big difference and and it's so much easier to deal with some of these things with a quick change or a quick test as opposed to several months of weekly chemo and radiation Mm-hmm. So what is the recommendation for most of us? Once a year for most adults to come in for those preventative care? Yeah, or? in general, once a year. Okay. Now, if you're on some medications mm-hmm. or other things going on, you might need to be seen more often than that. But as far as for the annual preventative care maintenance, where here we're not focusing so much on all the other issues or things you're on medications for, but the preventative care, cancer screenings, blood pressure checks, labs, cholesterol, Mm -hmm. so on, usually about once a year. And that's fully covered by all insurances. Because they know it's a good investment, right? Yeah, they know that's a good investment in your health. It's good for you. And it's, and that's one where it's good for you and the insurance company and the doctor, because it's, it's a, it's a win, win, win. Right. I was just thinking about some of these, some examples recently. We had um, a family member who had shingles and when we 
discovered that we, you know, we don't always know all of our immunizations. Like, did did we get both those shots or not? And um, yes, he had had both those shingle shots. And so when he had shingles, it wasn't a big deal. He made a pretty quick recovery, probably in part because he's had his immunizations. But if he had missed those preventative care appointments, hadn't had his immunizations, shingles could have been quite devastating for him. So sometimes we have to think about future self and what might be beneficial for us is making sure we have those immunizations and all those different things. So good to think those things through, get in and um, see our physicians and uh, check in with them at least once a year, even if we're healthy. And it just helps to have that relationship in place too. So that when, when something does come up, it might be easier to get seen or get things taken care of, or even a, a, a message or a phone call might, might do the trick. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Our programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Attention drivers, there are many bikers on the road. Please remember these rules. Share the road. Bicyclists have the same rights to the road as motor vehicles do. It is the law to allow three feet between your car and the bicyclist. Give bicyclists space on the road. When turning right, look right before proceeding. Always check the sidewalks as well as the traffic lanes when merging or turning. Slow down and watch for pedestrians and bicyclists. The Avera Medical Group Brookings encourages drivers as well as bikers to help prevent accidents. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth, as well as PA student Emily Allen, are here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We had a question come in, and I I understand there's a bit more COVID going around, so perhaps other callers would have, or listeners would have similar questions here, but um, this question is about exposure with COVID. Uh, the caller says, my five-year-old grandson was sick over the weekend with a fever, vomiting, and sore throat. Went to the doctor yesterday and has COVID. He was fine yesterday afternoon, and if he is symptom-free today, was told he could go to school tomorrow. Um, the rest of the family has been testing negative. Uh, they're supposed to spend time with them this coming weekend. Would that be okay? So what are the current recommendations about kind of exposure and isolating and all of that? Yeah, and you know, various places and places of work mm-hmm. might have different requirements. Sure. Um, and schools. And might, schools. I'm not even sure if I've heard what the policy is here in Brookings now, but yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, in general, of course, if you're having symptoms and you're sick and have a fever and short of breath or, you know, it's good to get checked out and, and, and find out what's going on and to be mindful of others before, during and after that process mm-hmm. um, where, you know, if you're coughing and, and uh, potential for sharing germs, it might be good to wear a mask at that time when you're in public. Mm-hmm. Um, you're most... Um, contagious early on. Okay. 
And so in, in early, those first few days of symptoms are when you're most contagious. Now, you know, we had early days of the pandemic and COVID, we were saying, oh, stay home for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And because and, and there was some evidence that it could still be transmitted two weeks later. And that's mm-hmm. probably still true. However, it's not near as contagious as it is in those first few days. Mm-hmm. And so some places might have said, okay, well, once they're symptom-free for a couple of days, then then it's they're less contagious. And that's reasonable. And um, because it may not be m- as transmissible, because now at this point, thankfully, a lot of people have immunity from vaccinations and previous infections. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to help keep the symptoms more mild and help keep them less contagious as well. And so thankfully, yeah, it's been more mild for a lot of people. We're seeing a lot more cases right now again. In the last week or two, right? Yeah, just in the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. But thankfully not seeing, you know, near as many hospitalizations with previous spikes. Mm -hmm. Um, And in, and, in general, less severity of symptoms, and and maybe the and probably the the virus has kind of changed slowly, changed that way too, and been been more mild. Um, but there's some cases, some play times where people still have more severe symptoms, and and so it may take some people longer to get over, and it isn't um, predictable sure. <laughs> who's going to be bad or not. You know, thankfully in general, kids have usually done better than adults and better than uh elderly mm-hmm. but various people can can have bad cases for for no reason it's higher risk if you're immunocompromised if you're on some some medications or things that hurt your immune system or diseases that hurt your immune system or obesity or diabetes and so on mm-hmm. um but uh i i don't know if that answered your well your there was original a follow-up question, question as well is so what would roughly be the time frame for others to get sick after exposure so if we have one person in the family who's been sick how long is kind of the risk with the others there as well yeah and at this point you might even need to talk to an epidemiologist <laughs> to know, know for sure but because yes. you know i think that incubation period can can be you know as far as 24 48 hours but can be longer than that too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, those recommendations continue to evolve in a little bit mm-hmm. where we have to balance, well, we can't just have everyone staying home for two weeks, mm-hmm. but we also can't, this isn't nothing. It impacts work, it impacts school, it impacts um, productivity if they're coming back too soon and getting everyone else sick. So, right. so you may want to, uh, wear a mask to help protect others for a few days, even when you do return to work or school. So if I was around someone who had COVID um, and didn't know what to, you know, till later, maybe in the next five to seven days right. is when I, if I were to pick it up from them is maybe when it yeah. would show up, right? Yeah. Okay. Something along those lines. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking more about COVID again, but uh, for now, we'll all do our best to stay healthy and make good choices to not spread those things around. So uh, we're going to switch gears. I had another question for you. This person hit her head hard on a wood beam and she scraped her face up pretty well and she's had a headache now for a couple of days. Could it be a concussion? 
maybe we could start with Emily here. What exactly is a concussion? A concussion, um, usually it is from, you know, when you hit your head really hard and then you end up um, getting damage uh, to the brain in some spot, which can result in um, common symptoms of concussion. Uh, some of those being um, dizziness, headache, uh, nausea, vomiting. Yeah, confusion, and uh, there were, there's some banging that you might be hearing in our backyard. <laughs> yeah, we're hearing some so. background banging, <laughs> making sure no one's having a concussion here today. I think everything is okay. It looks like it's okay. You know, initially even vomiting or blacking out, um, passing out. Um, but lingering symptoms can definitely include, yeah, the headache, confusion, be just feeling off or dizzy or tired, um, a headache, um, and inability to focus. And, and sometimes those symptoms can kind of wax and wane, too. Um, and it can be really frustrating because, once again, it can vary from person to person. And something that seemed really severe sometimes doesn't seem to cause much symptoms. And sometimes something that seems so mild can cause symptoms that last a long time. Thankfully, time is usually your friend and you usually want to take it easy. Maybe do a little light aerobic activity, but back off if that's causing worse symptoms. Um, and certainly avoid activities that could increase your risk of having another concussion, especially while you're still recovering from a concussion. And so being extra careful then, because if you have a head injury and concussion while still recovering from one, that can even be um, deadly. So, Okay. So if we feel like we may have had a concussion, uh, when do we... When is it necessary to go in, maybe have that evaluated, and how is that evaluated? If, you're, if you have a concussion where you're knocked out, that's a good reason to come in okay. right away. Go in right away for those. Okay. Yep. If, um, if you're having a con- had a head injury and then now you're having worsening symptoms, more severe symptoms, um, then that's another reason to come in. Mm-hmm. If you weren't knocked out and your symptoms seem pretty mild and you just, your head hurts and that's about it, you could, you could watch it. But if you're on blood thinners or if you're elderly, you should still probably come in. Um, still watch for symptoms. If they're getting worse, then come in. When in doubt, see someone. <laughs> when in doubt, see someone. I remember, you know, with kiddos, you're always, I'm always extra worried about different things. I think Eli fell once and hit his head off, fell off the bed. Do you need to worry? I remember being worried like when he was going to take his nap. Do you need to worry about people resting or sleeping after hitting their head? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, depending on how bad it is, sometimes we do want to do what we call Nero checks or to check in on them, make sure things are not getting any worse. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes that's something to be worried about. <laughs> Very good. So that's why it's good to consult a physician and 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 uh, talk those things through. Right. All right. Very good. All right. Well, we're going to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK, and we will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Be aware, with warmer weather, you may find ticks. Ticks live in grassy, bushy, or wooded areas. Spending time outside walking your dog, camping, gardening, or hunting can bring you in close contact with ticks. 
To prevent ticks from attaching, treat your clothes and gear with products containing 0.5% permethrin. Permethrin can be used to treat boots, clothing, and camping gear and remains protective through several washings. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here with us. And we're also joined by PA student Emily Allen. Thank you to both of you for being here with us today. Just before we wrap up, I want to remind everyone that we're having our first television show of the season on SDPB television tomorrow night. Uh, Dr. Ellsworth, you want to mention that one more time that we're kicking off the season? Yep, it'll be the first live show of this season um, with the four Prairie Docs on the Ask Anything show. So anyone's free to send us questions during or before the show. And uh, that's live on South Dakota Public Television at 7 o'clock Central Time and also on Facebook live streamed. And then later, any of them are available at our website, prairiedoc.org or, and or on YouTube. Very good. You caught, I think you caught all of those things. We want to thank all of our listeners for their support as we start our 22nd season, providing health information based on science, built on trust. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. My thanks to Dr. Andrew Ellsworth and Emily Allen for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people. Mm-hmm.